Influencing popular culture, politics, and everything in between. The local station takes you ringside as we discuss the crazy world that is professional wrestling. This is Going Ringside with the local station. Hello, wrestling fans, and thank you for joining us today for another episode of Going Ringside. Uh, hope you continue to follow the show and spread the word about it wherever you get your podcasts. Let people know they can check out Going Ringside. Um, and as always, give us a follow at both TikTok and Instagram at Going Ringside. We put constant updates there almost daily, sometimes multiple times a day, about things happening in the wrestling world that you won't see here on the podcast. Um, so I do want to put that out there. And I, uh, our episode today is a sad one. As you know, it, it has been a very difficult week in the wrestling world. Two very high-profile deaths back-to-back. -back. One unexpected, but not totally unexpected due to age. The other one completely unexpected due to age. Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt. We got the news in the middle of last week um, that Terry Funk, 79-year-old hardcore legend, had passed away. Um, Terry Funk is a legend in this industry, really originated that hardcore style, and then it was almost seemed like 24 hours later, a much more shocking headline because of his age, we learned that Bray Wyatt has passed away. Bray Wyatt was only 36 years old. Um, so I do want to talk about the two of them today um, and their contributions to the business. We have a stacked show talking to a lot of people. Um, we um, are going to have an interview with Bray Wyatt's dad, Mike Rotunda. It was an interview I conducted a few months ago that we've been waiting on because um, we were planning on doing an episode on Bray Wyatt and the Rotunda family and the Wyndham family. And then this tragedy happened and I think these interviews are still appropriate that we that we had planned for a Bray Wyatt Mike Rotunda episode so we'll be showing those today also a little later on the show we are going to be speaking to one of uh, um, his contemporaries back in the 70s and 80s that is Terry Funk that would be Abdullah the Butcher a guy who wrestled Terry Funk all over the world in that hardcore style. Abdullah was uh, nice enough to join us here on the podcast and talk a little about his memories of Terry Funk. We'll also be talking to DePope, Elijah Burke, a friend of the show. He's going to join us. He knew Terry very well, and he's going to offer us some thoughts uh, here later on on the show as well. We'll also be hearing from a podcast interview I did with our friends over at uh, the Coming Down the Aisle podcast on the Wyndham and Rotunda and Bray Wyatt family. It was shot not knowing this would happen, so it's a much happier tone of an interview, but it's still appropriate, and I wanted to show that as well because we didn't know weeks ago when we shot the interview that we'd be talking uh, sadly and tragically about the death of Bray Wyatt, so that'll be a little later on in the show as well. So let's start with how we learned. Um, you know, the news came out. Um, I learned on the Terry Funk death from a tweet from Mick Foley, or, or X, rather, a post on X from Mick Foley. Um, he put out the news that Terry Funk had passed. Um, in, in talking to Abdullah the Butcher a little later on, he said, Terry hadn't really heard from him in a while and was worried about him. So, um, and that does go with age sometime, as you are in your elder years, as Terry was, 79 years old. 
And then it was almost seemed like 24 hours later, I'd have to look at the timeline, but Triple H puts out the word to everyone, shocking the wrestling world because of Bray Wyatt's age, that Bray Wyatt had passed away unexpectedly. I don't really want to go into the cause of death, particularly on Bray, um, because I'm sure there will be more to come out, but what's been reported so far is it was COVID-19 related, and he had a heart attack is what's out there. Um, there is some different speculation. I don't want to go into that, but that's what's been reported on the cause of death so far. So first off, when, when we first heard the news about both Bray Wyatt and Terry Funk, we immediately were on the Going Ringside TikTok channel. I want to show you some of the announcements we put out there as soon as we heard. First Bray Wyatt, followed by Terry Funk. Hey, I'm Scott Johnson, host of the Going Ringside podcast. Breaking and tragic news. Bray Wyatt has unexpectedly passed away. Triple H putting out the news that he got the call from um, his father, Mike Rotunda, you may remember as IRS. Uh, just shocking the wrestling world. One of the greatest performers of this generation. Bray had been out for a while, and it was maybe no, and this is just really hitting us all very hard. Bray Wyatt, really just a talented, gifted performer coming up uh, with the Wyatt clan, really, when he st first started to make a mark around 2014, and then doing all his just amazing and memorable gimmicks. A star, an icon gone too soon. Um, just a tragedy for the Rotunda and Wyndham families, part of that great wrestling family and her heritage. Um, this is hitting the wrestling world hard. We lost Terry Funk yesterday. Bray Wyatt, much, much younger, a younger generation, a sad tragedy just hitting us really like a ton of bricks just moments ago, this news coming out. Hey, I'm Scott Johnson, host of the Going Ringside podcast. Tragic news. Terry Funk has passed away. The legend was just shy of 80 years old, and Mick Foley put out the news as well as others. It's starting to break right now. Terry Funk was a legend, the Funk family legendary. What he did in the 1970s and 1980s with respect to being more of a hardcore, crazy Texan was really unparalleled, going on to have great, memorable feuds with Mick Foley, with Abdullah the Butcher, with guys all through the Mid-South Territory, and then eventually getting called up to WWF, ECW, uh, they would call him middle-aged and crazy, as he would call himself all those years. Terry Funk was a memorable legend that cannot be overstated what an impact he had on this industry. He came up in Texas with a legendary Funk family with Dory Funk and all the Funks that were in WWF with him and then he just did so much all those years. So a legend is gone. It is a sad day in the wrestling world. R.I.P. Terry Funk. So that's what we put on TikTok for both Bray Wyatt and um, Terry Funk's death. Um, this was so it was a difficult time for wrestling because both deaths and all deaths are, you know, something to be honored and, and mourned. But um, these were both very high-profile deaths in a span of about 48 hours of one another. So the wrestling world was jarred not once, but twice. Because Terry Funk is a legend, was a legend in this industry for decades. 
Bray Wyatt was at the top of his game, was one of the current top stars in the company. Now, while he had been dealing with some health issues, he was still at the top. He was still a peak guy in WWE and had been for several years, for around 10 years. So both ones were major headlines in the wrestling world. So WWE had to scramble and figure out what they were going to do. So SmackDown Friday, right after the news comes out, ditches the show, really, and really made it a memorial to both Bray Wyatt and Terry Funk. Here's a quick clip of how SmackDown opened up Friday night. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This past week, we lost two beloved members of our WWE family. Hall of Famer Terry Funk and the one and only Bray Wyatt. So Michael Cole really setting off a somber tone for that episode of SmackDown as the wrestling world uh, is in shock, both for, for Terry, of course, but particularly for Bray because he was so young only 36 years old. Let's talk a little about who Bray Wyatt was. Real name, Wyndham Lawrence Rotunda. Rotunda, named after his dad, Mike Rotunda. Wyndham, the last name of his uncle, the legendary Barry Wyndham, both alive and well with us. And we're going to be talking to Mike Rotunda here shortly. Um, he started his wrestling career in WWE, um, you know, kind of in the developmental territories. He was from Florida, so he was able to do some of the training down in Florida. But he really became nationally known um, when he started on the old version of NXT. This was around 2010 to 2012. He came in as a guy named Husky Harris. He was a thicker guy, bigger guy, and he did start to, after time in NXT, was eventually brought into the Nexus. You might remember the Nexus. It was that real uh, kind of overpowered group faction of rookies that were taking on guys like Triple H and John Cena, and he was part of them. He was Husky Harris. He was obviously a third-generation wrestler. We knew his dad was Mike Rotunda. We knew his grandfather was Blackjack Mulligan, part of the original Blackjacks. So we had a lineage, so we knew something was going to happen with him. We weren't sure what. But he did his stint in, um, you know, NXT and then with the Nexus. But we didn't hear about hear from him for a while. Uh, Husky Harris was kind of off TV. And then things changed when he's repackaged and comes back as the leader of the Wyatt family. A really amazing gimmick and faction really just took eyeballs on the product um, because they were so good. He had that creepy kind of almost uh, horror film mixed with Charles Manson type theme to him. They immediately get into a, uh, a major feud with John Cena. He headlines a WrestleMania against John Cena. Um, and just did some really good work. And I'm going to ask uh, Mike Rotunda's dad about that in a little bit. Um, 
and he was off. I mean, he was a major player in the company, holding multiple world titles. Um, he does a lot with the Bray Wyatt gimmick, and then eventually, after the Wyatt family for several years, um, he teams up with Matt Hardy for a while. They're the, the leaders of worlds, and then eventually transforms into the fiend, as you know, until um, pretty recently when uh, Bray really started to come back and have some sporadic appearances over the past year. Bray Wyatt was a, a man ahead of his time, a really iconic performer, very memorable gimmicks with the Bray Wyatt and the Fiend. There's been a lot of talk right now about if he should be in the Hall of Fame. I don't think there's going to be much arm twisting to make that happen. Bray Wyatt was a tremendous performer, very cerebral and gifted with some of those moves he, you would do and you would like that backward back crab or whatever you call it, look like a spider. Just He could do some really cool stuff out there. You know, he grew up in the wrestling world. He knew the psychology of the wrestling world. He knew how to wrestle. He was just good at it. So a couple months ago, I was at an event in Florida, and I ran into Mike Rotunda, his father. Um, his father was, you know, did a lot in the wrestling world. He was a part of the varsity club in WCW with Kevin Sullivan and Rick Steiner. And then, then most famously really became IRS. That was his gimmick that he's most known for. Um, and he was part of the Money's Inc. with Million Dollar Man and, and just had that good heel IRS gimmick. Eventually went to WCW um, as I think Michael Wall Street was his name, kind of keeping that gimmick, was part of the early NWO. Um, I asked him about that. So the interview was not all about Bray. I didn't know that this was going to happen. But I did want to share this interview with Mike Rotunda. And, and in the end, we talk about um, Bray and Mike's other son, Bo Dallas, Bray Wyatt's brother. And we'll have to see what happens with Bo Dallas going forward in WWE now that his brother is gone. Um, well, that'll just be something we're going to have to kind of watch and wait. But I wanted to show, share this interview with Mike Rotunda that we had been planning to do an entire episode about him and his family. Tragically, I didn't know it would be under these circumstances. But... Um, Sadly, it is. So I do want to share this interview that we did with Mike Rotunda, Bray Wyatt's real-life father, about um, his life, his career, and then, of course, his children, Bray Wyatt and um, Bo Dallas. And here's our interview with Bray Wyatt's father, Mike Rotunda. We are excited to be joined by now by Mike Rotunda, a.k.a. IRS, back in the day. How are you doing, sir? And, and I think we have a Jake Roberts. I'm doing good. <laughs> Jake Roberts is here. Jake's a clown. Jake is a clown. <laughs> how, have you, how have you been? Like, I'm good. I'm good. Talk to me about life for you now. Are you a lot on the independent circuit, like going to events like these? Yeah, like I do quite a few, maybe one or two a month, something like that. Nothing really every weekend type of deal, but uh, I just did one over in Europe um, a couple months ago. I went on Jericho's cruise, so, you know, I, I keep busy with it. I'm retired. I was uh, producing for WWE for 13 years, so this is a, a big step down from the travel that I was doing. Now, if our fans don't know, your sons are Bray, Wy Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas, yes. both extremely over performers. You proud of your boys? They've done considerably well. Yeah, they, they're both uh, hard workers, and, you know, they picked up on the business pretty quickly, and 
they've done well. So yeah, I'm proud of them. You did a lot. You did varsity club. You were in the NWO. But the thing people remember you for is that dastardly tax man. Well, that's because nobody likes to pay taxes. That's for sure. So everybody remembers the tax guy. So when you became IRS, how did that come about? Um, it's basically, um, I had started doing a deal in uh, WCW Michael Wall Street, you know, which was kind of a money deal. And uh, I didn't renew my contract. So when I went back to work for WWE, they basically presented that to me and, you know, uh, just kind of figured out how to make it work. And then they put Ted DiBiase and myself together, the million dollar man. And, you know, we just click together the, the crooked rich guy and the crooked tax guy so it was a a good heel persona and it worked well now before that you had a lot of success with rick steiner and kevin sullivan and varsity club yeah that was a very over tag team yeah you know that worked well too it was different and we had uh the devil as our coach kevin sullivan so that was kind of a oddball situation but yeah it, it, that worked well too because everybody uh relates to their to their area with schools and stuff. And basically you cut interviews and uh, Steiner went to Michigan, I went to Syracuse and we talked crap about any school in the area, you know, for that city or town. So people didn't like that either. Any fun Rick Steiner stories? Oh yeah, I'm probably none that I should tell on television though. So, <laughs> But yeah, I had a lot of fun. A lot of fun over the years, you know, just with uh, tag team partners with Barry Windham, who's my brother-in-law. Because you started as the U.S. Express, right. is that right? Yeah, Dusty Rhodes uh, put Barry and I together, and um, his sister came to visit, and we were married six months later, uh, 40 years ago, so, you know. Now, when you were Money, Inc., I think you went against Natural Disasters, you went against Legion of Doom. Any memories there? Yeah, I mean, we, we took on all comers, you know, Ted and I... Uh, had the tag team titles for a lengthy period so you know we just kept trying to go keep going and face whoever they match us up against so now then you go to the nwo right you were one of the kind of the stand behind hogan guys it almost seemed like yeah it was but what happened there they sent me on a tour to japan who uh new japan was using the nwo logo so I ended up going, uh, working for WCW, but I did 20 weeks a year and uh, for New Japan. So it worked out well for me because that that whole group over there with Chono and Muda was, uh, was really over as far as uh, NWO was concerned. And they were doing probably the best business that company ever had at that time. So it was a good opportunity and basically I worked 20 weeks a year and I got my contract from WCW so when did you retire oh um, well I'm 65 20 years ago 20 years 45. ago so did you start backstage at WWE when was that um, I I wasn't there immediately after retiring um, there was a three-year period where I did some other stuff and then I went back after that so what were some memories you have of working backstage there oh yeah it, it's a hard job you know you're in charge of a large group to go overseas I did a lot with Arn Anderson who's over here uh, you know just producing we did all the televisions ran the live events all over the world So who are the top stars when you were running things? You probably that uh, at that time Cena and Batista What was the Cena and Batista run like? 
Well, they were on actually two different groups. Um, Batista was on SmackDown. Cena was on Raw. So we were doing great business. So it was. Who did you deal with the most, Cena or Batista? It, it, it varied because you did both brands. You know. So. What was it like for you when you saw your son main eventing with John Cena? Yeah, it was great. You know, I wish he would have won, but you know, so still not done. So that both of my boys are back up there and. We'll be back soon, hopefully. Now, Bray Wyatt, the gimmick, did you know that that was going to come, or how did that come about? No, he kind of figured that out on his own, you know, and he he had the gift of gab and, you know, could play, pull the uh, character off, so, you know, it got a lot of attention and did well. Did you teach him Did you teach him and his brother to wrestle early? Well, somewhat, you know, but they basically went into the WWE um, de developmental school, and that's, you know, I obviously gave him pointers and stuff but never physically because i was already working for um, you know on the road all the time so and they picked it up though they were both good at football players and wrestlers in high school and bray went to uh to a junior college in um, california and then troy alabama picked him up there so he went back and played ball there and then got into the wrestling and lastly how you doing physically wrestling i know takes its tolls on yeah guys. you know i've had one hip replaced i need another one but other than that knock on wood i'm still getting around well mike rotunda it has been a pleasure All thank right. you for joining us today thank you we'll look for you soon thank you so once again, that was an interview taped a few months ago with Mike Rotunda. We, we were planning on doing a whole episode about them, but we did not expect it to be under these circumstances. That why it maybe feels a little dated, and we didn't ask as much about his son because we didn't, we didn't know this was going to happen. But we did talk a little about him, and he thought he should have beat John Cena, uh, which I think is interesting. Um, and did at the time think, you know, his son was going to be coming back. Um, this was unexpected. Um, one other interview that I had been saving for this episode, which will seem a little dated, but I think it's still appropriate, is an interview I did with our friends over at the Coming Down the Aisle podcast. We were talking, and I said, let's talk a little about Mike Rotunda and the Rotunda and the Wyndham family and, and Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas and, and Blackjack Mulligan, the grandfather, you know, part of the original Blackjacks. What this family was, uh, specifically with Mike Rotunda, and just how they are really one of the great wrestling families that's really maybe doesn't get the appreciation they deserve because there's so much focus on on the Rhodes, the Anawaes, who we recently discussed on the previous episode, and, and the Hearts, the Von Erichs, but the, the Rotunda Wyndham clan, they really have some talent there. They are one of the greatest. So here's our interview. It's kind of dated, but it's still appropriate on the Rotunda and the Wyndham family with our friends from the Going Down or Coming Down the Aisle podcast. Well, we are joined now by John Swallow with the Coming Down the Aisle podcast. John, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much, Scott. Thanks for now, having so real me. Real quickly, where people can find the show. Uh, coming Down the Aisle pod.com, where you can find everything Coming Down the Aisle related. We're, we drop podcasts every Friday. Well, today we're talking about Mike Rotunda and his lineage, specifically Bo Dallas and Bray Wyatt. Let's start with Dad. Um, you know, yeah, I always thought the IRS gimmick seemed stupid, but it really worked, and people hated him. I, I loved it. Even even as a kid, you know, it would get under my skin. But nowadays, looking back on it, during that era, uh, that that was just such a fun era to me. Uh, the the what they called the new generation era. Uh, full of a lot of characters, uh, 
you know, it, it, it was so fun because you had also uh, with my my grandfather being a CPA and working for the government at one point, I was like, I looked at that like, hey, that's kind of cool. <laughs> so um, I remember him and DiBiase as Money Inc. Mm-hmm. And I always thought they should lose because I think they were going against like the Road Warriors. And, I know. And Typhoon and Earthquake is the natural disasters. But they right. still kept winning. Yeah, I... You know, they just, they generated enough people, people they bothered people enough, of course. Uh, even going up against Hogan and Brutus at WrestleMania 9, they s- snuck away a victory there, you know. Um, I forgot the, about that. that was, I forgot they had that match. That's even yeah. really odd to me. Yeah, it's and it was Hogan's first time not, well, on the card, but not uh, in the main event of yeah. WrestleMania. There was the uh, it was that was the one with the screw job with Yokozuna and Bret Hart, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, right, but he right. wasn't billed as in the main he was event. Yeah, it was right. really strange. Yes, yes. Uh, but man, he he was so he would get on the mic and you know and just you know say you tax cheats don't deserve blanks <laughs> whatever in insert city name don't deserve you know the what whatever your city's giving you and uh, he was. Really, 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 really fun. I don't know how he wrestled in that gear. Uh, yeah. Suspenders. It, did, and it was the least comfortable pants. wrestling gear ever. <laughs> so a little earlier in the show, our viewers heard uh, Mike tell me that uh, about his NWO run. And I asked mm-hmm. him, you know, were you just a secondary guy? He said, not exactly. They moved him to Japan um, to do a lot of the NWO in Japan when guys like, I think, Muda and Masahiro Chona mm. or whoever it was, was doing that J- Japanese version of the NWO. Right. I didn't really right, know right. that, that he was uh, doing a lot of Japanese work for WCW at the time. That's that's interesting, you know, and I guess, you know, during that time, especially in 90s, you know, re- uh, New Japan and really needed uh, somebody like a Michael Wall Street or IRS yeah. <laughs> uh, to really help continue their foundation because things were on the tail end down downslide for for new japan during that time but so uh, rotunda eventually retires mm-hmm. but then his kids start mm-hmm. taking off bo dallas right. particularly bray wyatt are you surprised right. how well his kids have done not not i guess surprised at how good and you know uh considering um Mike was, you know, in the kind of mid-card realm for a while. Yeah. But Bray Wyatt being a former WWE champion, of course, uh, former Universal champion, uh, and, and for a while was, you know, big merch getter for WWE, especially with the Fiend gimmick that he had. The Fiend, uh, the guess, original Wyatt clan. I mean, he was main top of the card stuff. Right. So, yes and no. I mean, wrestling is built into that family because um, their uncle is also Barry Windham. Yeah. Uh, who's, and going back even further, uh, Blackjack Mulligan is their grandfather. So, you know, they that it's, it's in, in their blood. And, you know, definitely third generation, fourth generation, second generation, whatever that may be. That's a good, a good having point. One so, up. you bring up, I mean, when we think of top wrestling families, we think of the Anawai family, mm-hmm. the Hearts, the Rhodes. But the Rotunda family and the Wyndham's, they've done a lot too. Right. Uh, I mean, when Barry Wyndham is inducted, is recognized by WWE as 
a four horsemen. He went in as, with the horsemen, even though there was a, a lot of other individuals a part of four horsemen. Yeah. Um, so he's recognized as the fourth horseman, I guess, if you want to say that. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, they've done a lot. And, you think they're uh, a top five wrestling family? Oof. Top you five. Got some tough ones there. I mean, like, if you had asked Possibly. me 15 years ago, I would have said, no way. They're not the Von Erics. They're not the Hearts. Mm-hmm. But specifically what Bray Wyatt has done, I think kind of almost puts them there. It could, but definitely, definitely in the conversation for sure. Never, never really think about that. But yeah, I mean, you have, of course, the Hearts, uh, Oahe family. You have Von you say McMahon. You could say McMahon family too. But yeah, Von no, Eric's absolutely. Sure. I mean, you could argue <laughs> it's either McMahon or Anawai. What's the biggest family? Right, right. Uh, I, um, I mean, McMahon's are their own thing, but the Von Erics. Von Erics for sure. I mean, we, yeah. there's a movie, the Iron Claw, coming out a couple months from now. Sure. Um, I mean, they they were huge uh, yeah. in Texas. Um, you know, and I'm I'm from Louisiana, so I hear even like my you know my dad's uh, generation talking about Von Erichs, you know, just how impactful they were. So, um, yeah, uh, they they definitely could be in the conversation. I'm gonna start they, putting this on wrestling websites. Like they're not getting their <laughs> their just due. Right. Um, no, you're you're absolutely right. I, that's something I didn't stop and think about. I didn't think about it until we had this very episode. I was like, <laughs> these guys have done a lot. I mean, Blackjack <laughs> Mulligan was huge. Big time, big time. I mean, you, the Blackjacks are, that could be an all-time tag team uh, for sure. So sure. Yeah. 100%. Well, uh, John Swallow with the Coming Down the Aisle podcast. Thanks for joining us again on the show. We really appreciate thank, it. Thank you, Scott. So that was our interview, and I just really thought it was interesting. We didn't really think about it till mid-interview that we thought, this is really one of the great wrestling families out there. With, you know, I don't know that it was there when it was just Barry Windham, Black Jack, and Mike Rotunda. They were a good wrestling family. I don't know if they were one of the greats, but what Bray Wyatt did as Bray Wyatt and The Fiend, um, taking their his heritage of name, Windham Rotunda in real life, they did a lot. This family is a three-generation wrestling family. Top of the card here and there. I mean, IRS was a, was a tag team champion, a high-profile tag team champion. Barry Windham, part of the Four Horsemen. The Blackjacks, a legendary tag team. And then Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas doing great work here in the modern generation. So uh, a, a, great, uh, a great family. They've contributed a lot to the wrestling world, and, and it's just a, it is a very tragic loss, the loss of Bray Wyatt. The other loss that we've talked about and I want to get to now is the loss of Terry Funk. Terry Funk um, is a guy who came up with his family, the legendary Funk family with Dory Funk, and um, wrestled all over the world. He did that hardcore Texan gimmick before hardcore was hardcore. Before there was an ECW, there was Terry Funk. I mean, he was doing that crazy Texan gimmick in WWF and around the world, all over the place. One of the guys he would go up and down the roads with, wrestle all in various countries with, who was really one of those other originators of the hardcore style, blood and just crazy stuff, was Abdullah the Butcher. I contacted Abdullah after we heard the sad news of Terry Funk's passing because they had been close for many years. And Abdullah said he had been trying to get in touch with Terry and kind of lost contact. He wasn't sure what was going on, and I had to break the news to him of what had happened. So um, 
tragically, um, Terry Funk did pass away. And I was able to catch up with Abdullah the Butcher. Now, there was a, some audio issues here, so I had to kind of repeat myself a few times to Abdullah, but he, he still was very good for us, and we we're happy to talk to him. But uh, this is our interview with Abdullah the Butcher on the loss of his dear friend, Terry Funk. Well, we're joined right now by Abdullah the Butcher, the legendary Abdullah the Butcher. Abdullah, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me on. Abdullah, this is hard news for everyone. The loss of Terry Funk, your long, your longtime friend. You know, I was in my room sleeping, and uh, Mrs. Malika come in there. She come running. She says, "I got, I got uh, bad news." I said, "Oh, mother!" So when she told me about Terry Funk, I couldn't take it. I, I, I couldn't take it. I couldn't take it because uh, Terry. I've, I've been trying to get with him, talk to him. I used to talk to him, and all of a sudden, it was just cut off. I was not talking to him no more. And, then, and I kept asking people, where is Terry Funk? Where is he at? You know, then they started saying he's in a home, he's in this, and, and stuff like that. But um, my thing is, maybe he didn't want me to, to hear him this way, you know, talking, you know, like he had a problem. See. Tell me about yeah, your relationship with Terry Funk all these years. Terry Funk, at first, let me tell you a little story first about Terry Funk. Terry Funk had these alligator boots, right? Alligator. And I said, oh, Terry, I would like to have a, a, a pair of those alligator boots. And I kept bugging him all the time, bugging him for the cowboy boots. He said, Abdullah, I'm going to get you a pair. So it must have took him about maybe a couple of months or whatever. All of a sudden, he come in the dressing room with a box. He said, Abdullah, here's your cowboy boots. And I said, oh, Terry, thank you. You got me some nice alligator boots. Thank you. Thank you, right? So I was going into the other room. He said, no, 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 no. Stay here. I want you to open them up here. I said, no, Terry. This is between me and you. He said, Abdullah, please open them up here. I said, no. So I walked into the into the other dressing room and I opened them up. There were some boots. They were so old and they had shit all over them. You know, shit on, on the boots, right? But Terry's uh, thing was to get me in front of all the boys. And when I, you know, opened up the, the, the box and and Terry would have probably said, show, show them to the boys, show them to the boys, show the boys the boots, you know? And uh, I, that's where I got them. What is, what is the wrestling world lose with the loss of Terry Funk? What did he mean to the wrestling world? Terry, Terry Funk was a legend, over a legend. Terry Funk could come up with different ideals. He was a professional. And Terry Funk, I, I fought him many times, so many times, I started looking like him. You understand? But the main part of it was this here. One time, uh, Terry got up there, and uh, he was in, um, he went to New York. And when he went to New York, he was wrestling like in New York. And, uh, Terry said, Abdullah, 
I gotta try to steal the show. And whatever Terry Funk done, he stole the show. But in my opinion, Terry Funk was a, a legend over a legend. And uh, I always respected him. I fought him so many times in Japan. I fought him all over. And uh, to me, I always respected Terry. He was, the was he was he one of the real hardcore guys that you fought? Because yes, you did so much hardcore. Yes, so much. Terry Funk his arm would bleed. His his leg would be. Anytime I stabbed him, if I stabbed him in the chest, I stabbed him here. He was bleeding there. He so you would really stab him, huh? You would really stab him? No, no. Yeah. No, 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 no. But uh, Terry would always say, get my leg, I'd get his leg, blood, arm, blood, but not all at the same time. Okay. You know, something different. You know I mean, like his arm, or I would get his, his, uh, his hand, I'd stab the hand, the hand would be bleeding. I'd get the ear, the air would be bleeding. I get the head, the head would be bleeding. He, he was a professional. He was a professional. Was he, he would always say he was middle-aged and crazy. Was that true? Pardon? He would always say he was middle-aged and crazy. Was that true? Terry was a professional. You know what I mean? He'd done a lot of things. He can be crazy. He can be civilizing. Be anything what he wanted to be to to get the people he was a he was a professional was he, he a was tough guy was he real tough in real life oh real life he was tough yeah he could take yeah. care of himself and when he had the championship up the championship belt he was uh i think he drew more money than than any of the champions in which 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 territory was that in um, I think it was uh all over. He went into any place he went, he uh he had the world's belt. Yep. Any so uh any matches that come to mind when you think of Terry? Any specific matches? Pardon? Any specific matches that come to mind when you think of Terry Funk? Every time I wrestled Terry Funk, it was an honor to wrestle Terry Funk because I knew we were gonna have a hell of a match and um, Terry Funk would put his heart into it. Any match what he had with me or I had with him, we'd go there and tear the, sh uh, tear the house down. Because the first thing we would say, we gotta make sure that nobody follows this. And that's where we were. Where were some of the places you and Terry Funk fought? Was it in the US or would you fight in different countries? I fought with Funk. In, in Tokyo for about at least 30, 40 years. Really? Yes, well, at least 40 years because I've been going to Japan for about 50. And uh, Terry Funk and Dory was always in Japan. And that was it. Why, was did, why did you and Terry Funk, of all the guys of your generation, seem to be the most hardcore? What was it about you and Terry that made you so hardcore? We made it that way. You had to, you gotta have the people to believe. And that's what Terry could do. 
And that's what I could do. You understand? That was it. The key is in the wrestling business, you got to know how to sell. You never seen Terry Funk taking bumps and, you know, flying all over. But you seen him screaming and hollering like when somebody was stabbing him or something like that. That's it. See, what was he like out of the ring? What was he like in real life? Out of the out of the out of the real life, to me, he was a gentleman. I would never knock Terry. Terry was a, a beautiful person. He put his heart into everything what he done, you know, and that's it. Did you guys work together in Mid South or WCW? Where all did you work in the U.S.? I can't say we worked all over. That's all we done was worked all over. We worked in. In uh, uh, I think Calgary, we worked in. Uh, we worked all over. When people think the greatest of all time, they think of Hogan and Flair. Do you think Terry Funk is in the conversation of the greatest of all time? Pardon? Do you think Terry Funk should be considered one of the greatest of all time, like Terry Flair Funk and Hogan? Will always be one of the greatest. When Terry Funk's gone. But people will still remember him when any time that there's a, a, an arena or a building or whatever, and they have a wrestling match, Terry Funk will be there. He's gone, but he will be there. People will always remember Terry Funk. What was he like? Did he love his family? Was he close with his family? Because the Funks were so important to wrestling. Well. In my opinion, I, I don't know too much about his about his family, but I knew about him and his brother Dory. I, I knew about them, and, and they were good. Anyone else close with Terry? I know he was pretty close with Mick Foley, Cactus Jack. Yes, 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 yes. Mick Foley, Cactus Jack, yes. Real close, real close. Had you been worried about Terry since he you lost that choice? I've always worried about Terry Funk. Always worried about Terry Funk. Why? Because he was a gentleman. That's number one. Number two, anytime that we got together, we done business. I to me, Terry Funk is a gentleman. He's a legend. He's everything what people try to be Plus, what, could, what could young wrestlers learn from terry funk pardon what could young wrestlers learn from terry funk watch his tapes they should watch terry funk's tapes and learn how to work from terry funk all what he done every match terry funk had you understand was a great match Every match, he could make anybody. Do you think he had a good, who else did he have a good relationship with? Who else would you guys kind of work in the same territories with? Well, I used to work with his uh, tag team with his brother, uh, the Dory Funk in, in Japan many, many, many times. We had tag team matches with the, with the Sheik, the Royal Sheik. Uh, from Detroit and uh, Puerto Rico and stuff like that, every place like that. 
Well, Abdullah the Butcher, thank you so much for joining us to talk about your friend Terry Funk. Thanks for joining us today. I want to say this, please. Yes, go ahead. I want all the people to never forget Terry Funk, that he was a great, great wrestler. He was a professional. And I'm sorry, I'm really sorry that he's gone. Believe me when I tell you that. I really, I really, um, I really respected him. And when Mrs. Malika came and told me what happened, I said, no, I said, Howard, no, 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 no. Because I really cared for Terry Funk and I respected him until the day that I die. I will always respect him. That's it. Abdullah, thank you so much for this. I really appreciate you speaking with us today. Thank you, sir, for having me on your on your on your station. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Uh, yeah, just Abdullah at the end there tearing up. Just a sad, sad um, state of affairs to lose Terry Funk. Terry Funk, just a legend there. Uh, I mean, very close with Mick Foley, obviously. Very close with Abdullah. I mean, he did time the ECW. He was even in the Attitude Era when he would call himself middle-aged and crazy. And he was really good. He was just a, a, a legendary, uh, one of those generational performers, Terry Funk was. As Abdullah would say, just a true professional. He, uh, he knew how to make things look real, how to make things look crazy, all over the world with Abdullah. And the guy who knew him was our friend of the show, Elijah Burke, longtime performer in the wrestling world with TNA uh, as the Pope. And then he did time in um, the ECW brand of WWE and it was WWE as Elijah Burke under his own name. Um, and we invited him on to talk a little about uh, Terry Funk and, and his memories of Terry. And um, here's our interview with Elijah Burke. Well, we are joined right now by uh, Elijah Burke, a.k.a. the Pope, to talk about Terry Funk, the legend. Um, Elijah, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Scott. Talk to me about Terry Funk and kind of what he meant to the wrestling world and your interaction was with Terry over the years. Well, I, I think it goes without saying uh, that Terry was an absolute um, classy, believable performer that gave something to the world of professional wrestling like probably no one before his time. Um, Terry Funk, literally every time you saw him, you believed him. Um, I, I think that that's one of the main things, uh, you know, my friend Cody called him a cowboy. Uh, like Dusty, you know, these guys, they paved the way for individuals like me and so many others. And um, it's, it's, it's just heartbreaking that we're even sitting here talking about it, but uh, so shall it be someday with you and I. Uh, but when it comes to Terry, man, he, Terry was probably one of the last true, true cowboys uh, that did things his way by his own merits. Uh, one time I was in at the Jacksonville Coliseum, um, and I was privy enough to be uh, backstage. Uh, we've talked. I've told you how my sister was a sergeant, so I kind of used yeah. her name 
they let me backstage to wait, <laughs> even though she wasn't there. And um, it was for a WCW show. Um, Flair was supposed to face Sting, but Flair did not make the trip for whatever reason. And Terry Funk took his place. Terry Funk went to the ring with Sensational Sherry. Sensational Sherry, uh, Martel Resurso, uh, she was the cause, the catalyst of Terry Funk losing that show in Jacksonville uh, at the Coliseum here. So when that was over, when I'm backstage and all of a sudden, this is after the show, all of a sudden, Sherry comes running out of the dressing room He's crazy. He's crazy. And right after she exits the door of the dressing room, a chair flies behind her. A folding chair. Wow. That Terry, Terry Funk has grabbed out of the dressing room and threw it. So, again, reality, entertainment, who knows? But everybody backstage left saying that Terry Funk is really wacko, you know? And, and and that's what the fans love about him. That's what the wrestlers like myself, uh, who have come into contact, had the chance to meet him, had the chance to be on shows and, and conventions with Terry Funk. He is just the complete opposite, though, um, you know, when the camera's not rolling. He's the complete opposite when he uh, meets fans or he meets uh, an aspiring wrestler in the business. I just talked uh, also we had on the show Abdullah the Butcher, a guy who wrestled all over the world with him. He said Terry was a very, he was a professional everywhere he went. Would you say that's accurate? Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you talk about being a professional and and, and Terry Funk, well, that goes hand in hand. Look at the the many times the uh, that Terry Funk, the legend of former NWA champion, has came and gone, came and gone. You cannot be a professional uh in this industry and go and come as many times as Terry Funk has, unless you are a true professional. He wasn't just a true professional, but he was a well-respected uh, true professional. And um, that's, that's Terry. Want to get your opinion on Bray Wyatt. This has been a hard week for the wrestling world to, to lose someone so young, such a tremendous performer. Yeah. Um, it, it's crazy, Scott. I was, uh, getting prepared for my podcast, Post Point of View with Elijah Burke, and me and uh, my co-host, Polo Del Mar, just right before we go on, and we're preparing to talk about Terry, uh, we recorded that very day, Thursday, which is our recording time, and um, to say that was a hard one, um, yeah. you know, I, I have a saying that I always use on the podcast that uh, at some point, Scott, we all have to do the job for the Grim Reaper. And for those who don't know what that means, that means that the one, two, three in the wrestling business means doing the job. And so we all have to do that, but for him to be so young uh, and for it to be so unexpected, you know, uh, you, that's the tragedy. That's the tragedy of it. Um, I've come across Bray. Bray really uh, blossomed uh, after my time with the WWE. Um, uh, but every time I've crossed paths with Bray, it's been nothing but pleasant, you know. And he had a lot of start down here in Florida. Florida is a great territory for young wrestlers to start. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know the history uh, going all the way back to Florida Championship Wrestling. Um, um, that goes without saying. And then they got that back up, started with the WWE, which is where Bray Wyatt was down in um, Tampa, you know, getting his start before 
FCW's transition over to become the Performance Center, aka NXT. Uh, and when you to talk about Bray, you got to talk about his creative genius. You know that whole Bray Wyatt character. That was Bray's idea. That whole uh, thing, that was Bray's idea. That wasn't that wasn't the, the company. That wasn't creative. That was Bray saying, here's what I want to do. And um, trust me to do it. And, and they did. And, and, and the magic and the aura that he created surrounding all of his characters was just uh, t- today second to none. And I don't think, and, and listen, not since the Undertaker, that we have such a character. And I don't think we'll ever get a character like that again. Well, Elijah Burke, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. I appreciate it. No worries, man. Thank you, Scott. So I wish we had a happier episode, but we didn't. This has certainly been a downer of an episode, losing two iconic names in the wrestling world um, with um, both Terry Funk and then almost within 48 hours, uh, the young man, um, Bray Wyatt. Uh, The WWE Universe will not be the same without them. Bray was obviously an iconic performer in the modern era. People are expecting to maybe be back. Many are pushing for him to go into the Hall of Fame. I wouldn't be surprised if you see him there soon. Um, And, of course, what happens with his brother, Bo Dallas? Does he still get a push? There's been a lot of talk of what happens with the Uncle Howdy character. Um, Where does that go? Because there were still some, you know, leftover storylines from Bray. Um, WWE will have to figure out how they want to handle that. And of course, Terry Funk, just a legendary performer all over the globe. You know this is hitting people like Mick Foley and Abdullah the Butcher and so many others hard. Um, But just two legendary losses in the wrestling world in the span of a week. It's been a sad week for uh, the wrestling universe, but we're we're appreciative of you joining us to uh, memorialize these two great guys who uh, really entertained the fans for so many years. So thanks for joining us on this episode of Going Ringside. We'll see you back here next time. This has been Going Ringside with The Local Station, brought to you every Wednesday on your favorite podcast player, on New Sport Jacks Plus, as well as the New Sport Jacks YouTube channel.